hello 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 and welcome to the next episode of the shane walsh podcast so this is an episode based off a recent conversation i was having with one of my amazing one-to-one clients and i'm surprised actually i probably have done it in a roundabout way on this topic and what i'm going to talk about today is should food be a reward why we see it as a reward and maybe six tips on how to reduce the chances of using it as a reward versus a punishment so if you ever think of it like this way you've probably said if you listen to this you may have said the words of i worked out really hard today i deserve this i've had a really tough day today so i deserve this i ate too much at the weekend so i have to work it off this week to do extra cardio i've been really good on my diet so i earned this treat I drank too much wine last night, so I need to go to the gym twice today. And I think a lot of these sentences will relate to maybe where you're at. And if you've ever found yourself saying these things or thinking these things, I can promise you you're 100% not alone. And it's it's actually the reality is you're probably in pretty good extensive company, to be honest with you. And I know from when maybe you're in that restrictive mindset of that thing when you're addicted to restriction which a lot of people are they believe the only way to get to the where they want to go or to lose weight is through restriction oh i must take out this food group but that's the chaotic mind fueling things that's not you in charge that's the food in control so a lot of people can when they feel that they're potentially obsessive exercising or they're on these binge restrict diets and food and maybe fitness aren't exactly things that they value in their life the excessive exercising and the restrictive dieting are things that were actually that there are factors that control it and you might find yourself on an evening when you're sitting down watching tv and you're like well i've had a tough day today i deserve this glass of wine and soon enough that glass of wine turns into two three four or it could be with food one bar turns into one bar and it could be a packet of crisps crisps or whatever it may be or you might find yourself on a friday night desperately kind of overeating on takeaways or cookies or wine all because you have this mentality of i was so good during the week with my calorie counting i deserve this i've earned this some people might think that because i've counted calories all week and didn't cheat once that you deserve this but that's the issue it's the language that's being used it's that toxic language that you are using around things and of course what's going to happen is when you believe that you are cheating on something that that overeating pattern will often continue all the way through to sunday night and you end up going into last supper mode so if you haven't heard of last supper mode or mentality or syndrome go to episode 366 which is eating everything in the kitchen or the presses that of the food you enjoy and the hope that you're going to get through the rest of the week on being good which is basically surviving on rabbit food which meant you'd probably wake up on monday morning feeling maybe bloated and unfortunately shamed or guilt and what do you do when you've potentially overeaten all weekend and feel like a I feel like a corpulent worthless failure you punish yourself you shame yourself you ridicule yourself 
but me saying these words are hopefully landing with someone that this will maybe awaken the insanity of the reality that is happening. Like this belief system that you need to do it hasn't been cultivated from nowhere. So if you think of it this way, we learn from birth that food is a type of reward. So after all, if you think about it, when we're a crying baby, we receive a bottle or we receive a breast as, as a means of comfort. But as we grow older, our parents often allow us to have dessert when we finish our dinner. Calling the dessert in Vertical is a treat, whereas the vegetables on our plate are, are what? What are they called? Or our grandparents spoil us with sweets after school for being good. Or, or as I've often seen, a sweet is offered by a means of a bribe for good behavior. Oh, if you get off the computer in your hand, I'll give you this. Or if you do this, you'll do this. You clean the house or clean your room, you'll do this. And we're still as a comfort when a child is hurt or sad, that can happen as well. So isn't it any wonder that many of us have a tendency to automatically associate these positive emotions like pleasure and joy with food? And as adults, this can really, really manifest itself in the belief that we deserve a food or a treat or some sort of fast food after a day of hard work for getting through our lives that we have created. Now I'm hoping that sentence has kind of hit home. It's a life that you've created that you're looking to reward yourself with. Or something nice, or perhaps a glass of wine in the evening could be another thing, or an evening time when the kids are gone to bed. So there is kind of research that maybe like 70 to 85% of people have a tendency to use food as a reward. But if you look at another mechanism where that could be learned from is advertising. Advertising, advertising often influences or only compounds this association with the underlying concept that we can find happiness in a chocolate bar or at the bottom of a drink. So think about when we're actually contemplating this, Start by asking yourself, is my happiness really about consuming something? Or is it on the contrary, is happiness something that comes from within? A feeling that we actually have rather than a, a product that we actually buy. So think about it this way again. Start by asking yourself one question. Is my happiness really about consuming something? Or is it on the actual contrary, is happiness something that comes from within? A feeling that we have rather than a product that we buy. Now, don't get me wrong. I love to have a little bit more food. I love to have a little bit more ice cream, etc. A few times each week. I have ice cream every single day. But I see something as a soul food. Something that's good for the soul. I see it as part of my day. I see it as a, a habit that I enjoy. That adds to my life. But too many people will see these types of foods as deviations from your usual eating plan if there was a plan rather than everyday thing a food is no doubt a very enjoyable aspect of our life food is is an amazing thing and it's it's important to look at why we attach a whole host of emotions to it and what cost it's coming at our relationship with it and ourselves so when we 
when you use food as a reward, I kind of tried to explain it that the pleasure will soon be outweighed by the punishment of how it makes us feel afterwards. And when that's when that guilt or shame cycle that can happen. It's not always the case, but if we use food too often as a reward, it actually becomes a prison for some people. We're not aware of why we do it. We're not aware of what the second one or the third one is doing for us that the first one didn't. We reach out for that ice cream after a tough workout or an emotional day. Like, don't get me wrong, it, it, it's okay to do it sometimes. Like, that's not an issue. It's when it's becoming habitual that it may not be serving you to where you want to go to. And for some, it, can, it may not be an easy trap to escape. But in reality, how often are those mindset shifts that you're looking for? Are, are they ever really easy? And it's, it's an important cycle to break. And once we do, I don't think you'll ever look back. And it's important to look at, well, if food's a reward, alcohol is still a reward. It's still a, a positive feedback loop that, that's created for you. So that you need to look at where that's coming from. And I know it's tempting to use food and drink in a certain manner. And in some purely emotional ways, it makes sense. They're very palatable. They offer us comfort when we're not feeling happy or when we're bored. But on the surface, it feels good to earn a box of chocolates for some people or a bottle of wine. But while this actual behavior might seem otherwise benign, what it actually does is place food in the position of power. And if we give food the power to reward us for a good behavior, we can find ourselves completely and painfully at its mercy. And when we continuously and ultimately use food as a reward system rather than mindfully indulging, practicing moderation, we begin to associate with whether or not we're worthy of success, worthy of gifts and indulgences. But instead of using food and drink to add value to our life and add value to our experiences, we use them to shame ourselves to whether we're good or bad. We associate certain foods like junk food and verticomas with, with good behavior, if it's a reward. But that association is only temporary. And after feelings of guilt, shame and failure, they arise. We shift that association to bad behavior. Remember, you can't fail food. You truly, truly cannot fail food. But the truth is that position that we could be in and that behavior pattern that we could be in has been created by us or be created by the advertisements created for us by family or whatever it may be. But if you think about it, it doesn't really exist. And by creating it, we put ourselves in an unattainable, unhealthy position sometimes. And this can lead to that shame spiral, that guilt shame spiral that could end up causing overeating or even binging. So how do we kind of, how can we ultimately break that? I think the first one that you need to look at it from a point of view is we need avoid we need to avoid labeling food as good or bad. So I know this one's going to hit home for an awful lot of people because food will be good or bad to some people. They will be the labels that are like oh junk food is bad. 
But although you might think that labeling food is good or bad, it may help you to lose weight. The research shows the actual, the complete polar opposite. The fact is that it seeps into our subconscious and it can make us well. It keeps us well and truly stuck on that guilt loop of eating the inverted commas wrong foods and then beating ourselves up and wanting to give up. And using bad foods as a way to reward ourselves when we're feeling low creates a deeply unhealthy emotional relationship with that food. So so we need to look at why that's happening. If we're aware of it's happening is the first step. And most foods nourish us. And those that don't are fine. But but consuming them in moderation is what's going to help you a little bit more. As opposed to that whole belief system that you can never have those. That belief system on saying that you can never have that is, is what's setting you up for a fall. It's putting it up food up as power. It's giving food the power. It's putting it up onto a pedestal. It's saying that if I have this, I'm a bad person. It's saying that if I have this food or I don't have this food, I'm a good person. So there's the, the feedback loop that mo- many people listening to this will be in. But how can you be a bad person for having pizza? And how can you be a good person by having a salad? If you think of it logically, I'm going to do an episode on a few different things like perspective and a few other different things around this. But how can you be a bad person for having a pizza? If we use, if we step away from the emotional reaction to this and we step away from and actually use perspective and use logic, now that you've stepped away from it, how can you be a bad person? Well, it's going to make me fat. How is pizza going to make you fat? How is one pizza going to make you fat? Well, there's the fear, the fear mongering tactic around that certain food. But if we know that's your total amount of calories consumed over a considerable amount of time that makes us lose weight or gain weight, how can one food do that for you? Is it the amount of times you have food? Is it the amount of times you have that food? So we need to look at it from a point of view of moderation will work for most people, but moderation isn't a sexy gimmick. Most people want to diet themselves into oblivion, restrict themselves into oblivion because it's the only thing that they believe that they know how to do. But if you look at every attempt that you've ever made, it's involved cutting out those favorite foods. So weight loss is in fact easy. If you think about it, you've lost weight before. But the issue is that moderation or maintenance is the bit that you have struggled with. Learning how to maintain is the difficult part. Because as soon as we have this food abundance or our moods go lower, what happens? We avail of these foods that are good or bad, these language around foods. And we have this belief system that we need to earn food that we deserve food, this toxic justification or positivity, two things. And this feedback loop of if I don't have this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Wednesday life ramps up and then you end up kind of overpicking it on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. There's an issue with your system. It's not you to blame, it's your system. It's the method that's that, that's that's causing the issue. It's not you. And it's important that number two is used to start eating more mindfully and watch your language. Slow down. How many times are you sitting in front of a television or on your phone or doing something else when eating? 
have you actually ever tasted chocolate? I say this to clients at the very beginning when I'm working with clients who are trying to improve their relationship with food. A lot of them are like, I've had chocolate. It's like, but have you ever tasted it? And they're like, no. So what happens if we do an exercise of actually taking one square of chocolate and placing it onto your tongue? Well, let it melt. Don't bite it. Let it melt. And you'd be like, wow, that was amazing. Then you have a second one. Let it melt. And you're kind of like, well, I actually don't need any more. It's quite filling. But that's slowing down. That's savoring the food. Will it happen all the time? No. But it's about avoiding that temptation to wolf down lunch, breakfast or dinner. Because the gut and the brain need to be on the same page. And it takes time for your brain to catch up with your stomach. And vice versa. And you'll only ever feel deprived when you do it this way. And you may want to reward yourself with something later on in the day. Mainly because you don't feel satisfied or you haven't eaten enough. For many, most picking or eating in the evenings happens because people haven't eaten enough during the day. They think that I'm being good today so they, that they reward themselves with, Am I gonna, I'm rewarding myself with having this pizza in the evening. But most people who are picking in the evenings, it's down to an emotional issue it's or emotional avoidance or it's down to not knowing how to deal with their emotions through never being taught how to do it. And it's also down to not eating enough during the day, trying to restrict themselves during the day, hoping that the evening will be, be, will be different for them. But trying to slow down and eat a little bit more mindfully. But if you think of it this way, it's not only to help satisfy the craving that you're having in a healthier way, but it also helps your body to actually digest the food more efficiently. Efficiently, It can help you tell you when you're full before you've eaten. It takes about 15, 20 minutes for this signal to happen. Also need to be aware of your habits around reward and be careful of language. Sir. Like sure, you only live once. Sure, I deserve this from people around you or it could be from you. You could change the language to I want to enjoy good food with my fr family and friends. It could also be this whole thing of well overindulgence doesn't mean I'll have a better time. Or a really really important one is the law of the first bite and I'm going to do an episode on this but essentially what the law of the first bite is when you get that food that you enjoy, say ice cream or carbs or chocolate or whatever it may be, when you take the first bite, that's when you have that dopamine hit, that reward hormone, the endorphins, the happy hormone are all hit inside you. But if you think of it this way, how often when you are, are you actually conscious of your second or third bite? My guess is probably not a whole lot. But if you have your first bite, the reward system and the happiness feeling is 100% there. If you have your second bite and you're being present and checking in with yourself, my guess is it's probably not as enlightening or it doesn't bring you that much joy as the first one. And my guess is the third bite, my guess is that is kind of dissipated and by the fourth bite you probably don't want it if you are being present. But you could want the whole thing and there's nothing wrong with that. But a lot of people are, are eating out of not being present or not being conscious. Now this takes time, this takes trial and error. You're gonna get it wrong, don't get me wrong, you're human. There's times I eat past funnels, but it doesn't make me a bad person. It makes me human. Another thing that you could do is actually list the benefits of things. 
So remind yourself at least once a week of the amazing rewards you can enjoy by choosing other things. Like if you potentially are looking to look at fat loss as a benefit, which you could make it feel great, improve your health, gain energy, vitality, and a little bit more confidence. You'll be able to play with your kids, you'll be able to climb the stairs without being out of breath. And you'll be able to fit into more clothes and feel a little bit more confident that way. And I think it's important to look at the benefits of what you've achieved so far and list the benefits of where you're going to go. And no reward or no food is ever going to beat the feeling of that, of that sense of achievement of how you actually want to feel like you've, that you want to do. You need, the next one is important to set up non-food rewards. Notice your habits. Notice your habits around rewarding yourself. Does it happen especially on days off or weekends or evenings? Or you need to look at that and look at when it's happening for you. It's it's so crucial that you start putting a reward. Like it's important for you to start putting a reward on a Friday night that is unrelated to food or alcohol in order to break the habit or in the evenings that's not related to food now i'm not saying don't have your ice cream or not saying don't have your chocolate but it's the mechanism that you're going into it with and the intent that you're going into it with if it's still a reward it's going to be a negative feedback loop maybe book in a massage maybe book in a manicure maybe book in some retail therapy maybe book in a walk with a friend maybe reward yourself with some new clothes or a new book Maybe have a family night. Maybe have a movie night. Maybe book a show to the cinema. Every few days or so, have an audit of this. Every few weeks, have an audit of this. Make sure you're doing nice things for yourself that that kind of maybe reduce the, the, the involvement of food. Maybe a bath, a book, something creative, starting a new class, doing some gardening. Or buy something else or maybe buy a new cookbook that allows you to try new recipes. Or if weekends are kind of like where things are happening or an issue for you, set aside some time on Friday night to plan some food in advance or write out what you're having in advance. Maybe make a shopping list. To make a list. A lot of this stuff, what happens for an awful lot of people is chaos loves chaos. A chaotic mind loves chaos. And generally what stops a lot of people from succeeding is the resistance to planning i'm not saying planning every single meal i'm saying the resistance to the ideology of planning in any way and if you notice that when you don't plan or don't have your shop done what happens we go off on a whim we go for the quickest fix we all do it that's why it's so important to have that shop in on the week to have an idea of what you're going to have look at maybe writing out a list of 10 to 15 meals that you enjoy and look if you notice any of those meals that you enjoy how many how much overlap there is with the ingredients that you've bought so you might find that you have the same ingredients for a curry versus a stir fry same things or a fish dish that you could do a fish curry or that you can just do a pan fried 
if you have a rough idea and write out some meals they actually enjoy you'll be much better likely to stick to it and it will reduce the chances of that overeating i'm not going to say it's going to stop it i'm going to say it's reducing the chances of it and it will reduce that intensity of that reward system but you need to accept that if you slip up you slip up you're human and that's the next one be kind to yourself and reward is often associated with weekends like friday night or sunday night or saturday night because it's linked with tiredness and convenience get some decent sleep go for a walk keep some sort of routine have your normal breakfast and often we'll reach for food to soothe a difficult emotion or an anxiety and often we're our own worst critics even write down on a page what you think you are failing at or doing wrong and then write down a more rational way of looking at it what are you doing right or well you might actually be surprised what actually comes out when you do it Usually people find out they're being very overly harsh and that they're doing their best they can. Whether it's regarding their parenting, their career, or the way, or the way they actually handle stress. Like, it's okay to have a moan. It's okay to have, like, a hard day. It's okay to admit things are hard. But beating ourselves up for things isn't going to help. In fact, it's the complete opposite. And the, the last one we need to look at is don't get overly hungry. Too many people don't have that planning thing and it's one thing that sabotages an awful lot of people it, it sabotages an awful lot of people the setting yourself up for success at the beginning of the week allows you to give it the best opportunity you can rather than going on a whim leaving it up to chance oh i'm not in the mood to cook i've had a really really tough day so i'm going to reward myself with this and that might sound familiar but your meal doesn't need to be Michelin star. If you've got a slow cooker or an air fryer, just stick the food into there and then you're not even cooking. You can go up and have a shower and getting into your PJs or your pajamas or whatever it is. Or spend time with your kids when you get back. Put them to bed, read them a book. That way you're taking or else have a barbecue. Because if you're... If you're already hungry and you haven't eaten, you've left long gaps between your foods, your blood sugars could drop down. And what happens when our blood sugar drops back down, our energy drops. And when our energy drops, our brain kicks in and says, I need the quickest hit of food right now, right here. And what happens then is more carb-rich foods, more sugary-rich foods in an attempt to fix it. And then what happens then is we overeat. We don't know when to stop. We're not being aware. It's like scarcity mode. But if we said to ourselves, right, what, what do I need right now? So I haven't eaten since maybe 12 o'clock and it's like 7 or 8 o'clock right now. What can I get into myself right now that's going to help me? Maybe getting a protein bar. Maybe having some cheese with some bread or having some Greek yogurt or else maybe waiting that 10, 15 minutes for that air, air cooker or whatever maybe it is to, to kind of have it. But eating regularly throughout the day will really, really help you to manage this. This way, it will kind of help you have some sort of idea. Maybe have you some sort of plan. Be less tempted. When you're overly hungry, we're genuinely, like, physiologically programmed to reach for a higher calorie food when that we need, and a bigger portion than we need when we're hungry. So I think it's really important to understand that food is amazing. We can't fail food. There's no such thing as food, good or bad food. 
but if you look at where you've learned the the first step is where did you learn that food is a reward mechanism where did you learn this is it advertising is a family is it friends is it grandparents i learned that first and then the second step will be try to bring in make sure you have some sort of routine with your meals try to bring in non-food related rewards for yourself to unwind to because realistically it's probably not serving you as much as you think it may be just that you're so busy during the week and the weekend is the only time you have chill time for yourself but is there any other other mechanisms that you can bring in for yourself and you enjoy it great but if it's causing the knock-on effect of when you have a couple of drinks two drinks three drinks and that's causing an overeating and a shame spiral you need to ask yourself is that really really benefiting you in a way that you think it might be numbing your stress or numbing your emotions whether it be food or alcohol but you need to ask yourself is it really serving you the way that you think it is so food is a creative tool food is an amazing tool that we have we can't fail it food isn't good or bad but we need to look at and be aware of right is food a really decent reward that we have or is it something that we have maybe taken for granted and we might be have a toxic relationship with it and we may need to edit that so if you enjoyed this episode at all please do tag me up onto your stories please pop me a message if it's impacted you in any way please leave a review up onto itunes and up on spotify and i hope to guys hope to talk to you guys soon